Hey everyone, welcome to Pink Shade with Erin Martin. I am back with my bunky, my goddess, Mary Payne Gilbert. We are here to cover 90 Day Fiance, Happily Ever After. Hey, bunky. Hello. I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you really, really ready? Because this is the week where things come to a head with your boy. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> I'm so ready. <laughs> oh my God. You don't need me and I don't need you. Do you understand? Unlike Andre and Chuck, I do need you and you do need me. It's true. It's so true. We can't break up over this douchebag slash your boyfriend, but we will talk about him. We're not going to get to Andre and Libby first though. Before we get even into the recap, let me just remind you guys again, go over to patreon.com slash heybunky to join the Hey Bunky Patreon. We just started it, oh gosh, a, a week, two weeks ago at this point, by the time this episode drops, maybe two weeks. Yeah, yeah two we weeks. Two episodes out there already that cover 90 Day Fiance the other way, which is already proving to be amazing television. There are, I heard there are 18 episodes of the other way this season. I know. I mean, yeah. of course, I'm like, math is hard, but that really is going to take us like into September. I mean, <laughs> what? I feel like we're going to get to a point where we're going to not remember life before the other way. We're going to just be like, has this always been on? Was I born it's, watching it, this? It's going to be like The Bachelor and Bachelorette. It's just always on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or a housewife show. Like, they just never have a break from those, which I personally love. Or like any iteration of Law and Order, you can find it any time, any day. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, you just probably heard my dog Chewy barking because I'm mentioning 90 Day Fiance. I think he's growing a disdain for this show. He okay, gives that's... me problems every time I record episodes surrounded, like like that have to do with TLC shows. Oh, well, he feels that it's taking your time away from him. Yeah, he does. He does. Kind of like Andre feels like uh, Libby's family is taking time away from his time with her of being jobless and doing nothing. Uh, he never said that. Okay. I had to clear my throat and I hit mute by accident because I just am uh. learning how my microphone works after two years. Okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. So go over to Hey Bunky on Patreon if you want to get four extra episodes a month. We will cover your requ your request if you go all the way up to the tier of Nicole's makeup store. But you can join for as low as $5 a month at Andre's Rage level and get all the episodes right to your feed, whatever you listen on. And uh, they're going to be coming at you every single week. We are committed. We are committed. We are bunkies. We are in the same cell block watching all the same shows you are. So let's do this. Let's do it. Let's do this. Let's do Happily Ever After now, though. Do you want to start with Colt and Larissa? Sure. Okay. Let me just scroll down my screen because they were really, really giving us some fantastic quotes this week. Oh, my God. We start out with Colt saying, mother doesn't like it when Larissa touches her stuff. I was <laughs> like, can you be fucking creepier? Yeah, they get into that big fight, you know, which started over the stupid slot machine. And Larissa tells Colt, you know, you should be the mediator. Like, you should say, I should, yeah, I see your side. I see your side. But instead, you're a pussy. I will make the shirt. My husband is a pussy. Shut up, E. And you should get up to be a man. But no. No. Shut up, E. Colty. She will make the shirt that says, my husband is a pussy. And I will buy the shirt. That says your husband is a pussy. As because long as Colt's picture is on it. As long as Colt's yeah. picture is on it, because we can make no mistakes. Yeah, we probably wouldn't be invited to barbecues wearing that shirt. <laughs> but yeah, it's all over this damn slot machine. But is it really? It's not really over the slot machine. It's over Debbie doing what I believe is true that Larissa calls her out on getting territorial over things that really don't matter because Larissa wants to put her touch on things. 
And all of a sudden, Debbie will be like, no, that's my favorite thing ever. It's like we were talking about last week. It's, it's what kids do. It's what children do. And, you know, it, she says that in the beginning, you know, Debbie's, I mean, Debbie said they showed her saying, we didn't do anything extra to this house. We wanted you to come in and put your touch on it. We want you to feel welcome like you live here. But then apparently when Larissa tries to move that wolf head two inches to the left, <laughs> she's in trouble. When, trouble. When she tries to kick that severed hand back into the closet, alarm bells go off. Oh, my gosh. And and she's saying, uh, you know, she said that when they first got together also that Colt told her specifically, like, this won't be forever. You know, we're just going to temporarily live with my mother. And he said he wanted to not live with his mother and live with his wife. And so she tells him, you know, Debbie controls you. And he says, this is in his serial killer gaslighting voice. He says, the only person that controls me is you, darling. Oh. And she says, and she walks out with her hand up. Okay, okay, okay. I can't talk to the pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when Larissa just keeps calling him pussy over and over again. I know it's inappropriate. However, I think Colt and Debbie have been such monsters to her. And she acts crazy and she should not use her hands and she should calm down. However, they are they are driving her beyond what a human can take. They truly are. I mean, the fact that they go up in their room while Debbie's brushing the cat and they sit oh. down and they talk about their relationship. And it, uh, I mean, just put on the Debbie wig, Colt. Just put on the <laughs> Debbie wig. Just get the knife. Just go start stabbing chicks through the shower curtain. It is so psychotic. Yeah. He says, you know, I'm worried because Larissa is acting the same way she did right before she got arrested. And as he does that and sits at the table... The severed leg is on the table. <laughs> when he's at the table, you mean before the cat brushing? Before he went up and said, I'm yeah. sorry, Cookie Dough, for interrupting your nightly brushing. When was it that he said, which amused me greatly, he said, when Larissa and Debbie avoid each other, the problem just escalates. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear that? Well, I didn't hear that, but he did say something similar to that when he was up there talking to his mom and she was saying, I just try to stay out of her way unless I have to drive her somewhere. No, but she does not try to stay out of her way. And also, if she really wanted to stay out of her way, go get an apartment, go get your own place. It is Colt and Debbie who want to maintain their relationship. They want to stay living together. They want to be each other's primary confidant. They don't want to change, even though one of them is now married and it's Colty, who is in his 30s. And so they have to quit lying about how Larissa's just fucking things up. It could be any woman in there. Now, Larissa just brings a special extra brand of crazy. Yeah, she brings a little Brazilian crazy. You know, she says, um, Debbie says, you want me to move the slot machine? Is that what you're saying? I mean, I mean, it makes me think I don't have a place at all. I mean, first it's the food processor and then it's the slot machine. Then it's the wolf head. Then it's the freaking hand. And then it's the foot. I mean, this I could mean, go on forever. And then it's like the weird full counterfull in the kitchen of just hoarders 1.0. Remember, not hoarders quite when you go on the TV show yet. But did you see the kitchen counter? Like the uh, breakfast did you bar? See, did, yeah. Did you see Debbie's bedroom? Uh, the walls yes, were lined with crap. Lined. I don't think she could move out of there. I think it would be a situation where you have to get someone to come in like a professional to do like the estate sale and or like have the bins where it's like trash, give away, keep. And take well, she only occupies one process. room. I, I mean, that, I think she's the queen of the castle, though. She probably occupies the whole house, just like Larissa says. They are just all lying about what their intentions were. And Colt is, too. He just wanted to have sex with a hot girl. He didn't know that it was going to take him actually changing his life to be married to someone. 
Yeah, I mean, I think he really, really thought he was getting like a male order bride that was going to be subservient to him and just be like a blow up doll and have sex. And uh, yeah, I don't think he knew what he was bar- bargaining for with her. And he says, um, well, my mother and I have lived together for my entire life and I would feel very bad and guilty. And I just want everyone to be happy. And then Debbie says, I don't think Colt realizes how much I do want to move out. And I wrote, oh, then just go. Get the fuck out. I mean, go. <laughs> how hard is it? Exactly. Tell him you're moving out. She, she does not want to move out. That is bullshit, Debbie. Oh, I have a hard time feeling bad for her. I think she's lying about a lot. Well, she's lying about her insane attraction to her hot son. Oh, my God. <laughs> now you have grossed me out. Okay, payback is a bitch, I guess, because you have actually grossed me out. Okay, Well, sorry. the problem has escalated. They are definitely <laughs> headed for disaster, as we know. I mean, they, this whole marriage is going to explode. And Colt and Debbie can live happily ever after, though. I mean, that's what they want. That's what they're going to get. So congratulations to the happy couple. <laughs> Where are you registered? Whatever. Let's just breeze by Pal and Russ. Although I do have a few things to say about them this week. Did anything... Anything funny stand out to you before we get into the serious stuff of Pal kind of mourning her first well, baby and the miscarriage? Yeah, that was very sad. It was yeah. you know, take the they take the tour of the natural birth center, and you know that's that's fine. It's each his own, and if you want to have your baby in the bathtub, I mean, go ahead. And she says she's looked into it, and she wants a natural childbirth with the midwife. I mean, this is not unusual. A lot of people do this, but Colleen, the midwife, is quite the side character. Um, yeah. she had. A woman uh, giving birth on her arm, and I'm not sure if you caught that tattoo, but, you know, know, Russ is saying about, like, I'm scared it will hurt her or whatever, and she says, um, she says, yeah, I had seven babies, and it hurts like a bitch. I was like, oh, that's not very encouraging, but there's so much- babies? That was what I wrote down. I was like, huh? Question mark, question mark, question mark, exclamation point. Seven babies? Well, I just wrote, there's so much word art in this place. I would go into labor just looking at it. The word art would send me right into labor just so I could get out of there. Yeah, and it's all over her body, too. I mean, good for her. She likes the tattoos, but she was a total character. And Paula really, like, connected with her right away, which I did not anticipate. And Russ was just, like, completely freaked out. I mean, the the place did look like a Super 8. It was not the best-looking birthing center. I've seen birthing centers that don't resemble anything approaching what we saw on TLC cameras, sharp entertainment cameras. It really was. um, The bathtub didn't look completely clean. Mm -mm. And she was like, so many babies have been born in there. I'm like, what's your cleaning process between? But when Russ's phone rings and he leaves the room, did you feel that was staged? I totally thought that was staged. I think most of Most everything with them is staged. I mean, who looks for a birthing center and decides what kind of birth they're going to give as the baby is basically crowning? I mean, she's about to give birth. She's eight months pregnant. She's like, we haven't decided what to do, where we're going to have the baby yet. I'm like, say what? That's some bullshit. You already have to take those classes by then. Exactly. You have to take the classes that are gross and that are totally non-useful. I mean, like we didn't use anything from those classes. And it's like game over by then. You have everything picked out. You have everything not rented, but you have like all the appointments set up, the people on call. You know who's delivering your baby by then for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's crazy. And, but anyway, the, the call is staged. I guess he set an alarm to go off, you know, six minutes after they walk in that room or whatever. He's like, oh, excuse me, I have to take this important business call, businessman doing business things. And he walks out of the door. And then immediately the two of them share this really, really nice moment where she's saying, you know, she has grief over her miscarriage. And it's almost like she hasn't prepared for this baby because of her grief. And she feels guilty about the miscarriage. And, you know, it was very heartfelt. And Colleen tells her that she should write the baby that she miscarried a letter and keep it or bury it. And I thought that was a, a, a great idea. And, and Powell thought it was a great idea. And then Russ appears again and they show him on screen, you know, saying, I would much prefer a medical doctor. But yeah, the whole thing after that, you know, what I thought when they go and sit on the bed and um, write the letter to the baby, I, I just couldn't help but notice the um, collage of sonogram pictures strewn above the bed. Uh, is that what that was? Mm-hmm. I was like, what is that? Is that like party pics? Black and white? Those were sonogram pictures? Yes. Get the hell out of here. Oh, my God. Just when you're rooting for them and they're having a sweet moment, they have sonogram pictures. <laughs> yeah. I wrote, above I wrote, their bed. I said, Stop. above their bed is decorated with sonogram pictures on a clothesman type of light hanger. Is this cute? Is this weird? Oh, my God. This is weird is the answer. Full stop. I mean, who does that? I, I will say I totally related to their story. I've been, I went through a very similar experience as Paola, and I talk about it more on my Patreon. But I thought that moment between this very suspicious birthing or midwife and <laughs> was her name Colleen? Is that what Colleen. it was? Okay, Colleen, yeah, Colleen. and Paola was actually heartwarming and touching. I thought it was really good advice. And I thought it was sweet that she wrote the letter and all of their staging and all of their boring ass stuff aside. I appreciated that she shared that part because I think admitting that is really hard too. And not to bring this whole podcast down to a very serious note, but her admitting like she got was scared still and couldn't quite get excited as much as she thought she should for the pregnancy. I think that is all so relatable. I can attest to that. I mean, it's like, uh, yes, that is so relatable. And so I appreciated her talking about it. Okay. So I, as much as I don't enjoy them, I thought that was sort of an important uh, aspect of their story that they were telling. Totally. So if they gave someone something from that, great. Now get off my fucking screen. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Speaking of get off my fucking screen, Ashley and Jay. The only thing I enjoyed this week about Ashley and Jay was the return of Poochie. Yeah. And I would love to know, does, does Poochie have a real name or is, I mean, I don't I, know. I I mean, is it like Patricia? And then you know, like when Jay was little, he couldn't say it. So he said Poochie, you know, because Jay, Ishmael and Poochie, like Poochie can't be your real name because Jay and Ishmael have regular <laughs> names. <laughs> All right. So the return of Ashley, Jay and Poochie, real name or not. I love her. I love how cold she is. I love that she's wearing her scarf like a full on neck brace the whole time. I love <laughs> that she is very calm in the presence of very messed up people, one of whom is her brother. And I also love her little baby, who's so cute, Emily. I, I mean, that was so sweet. Yeah, Jay hasn't seen his family in almost a year, which I was like, is that right? I mean, have they been married almost a year? Or maybe, I guess it was three months where he was there and then they got married. I can't, I can't you know, math. But he was very sweet with his new niece. And we go and see the house. And once again, word art alert in the kids' rooms. It's all over. All over. Everywhere. It's it's 
just word art stickers all over the wall. And he sits on the bed, on the kid's bed. I'm sure she, I'm sure the kid's dad loved that. And, and they talk and Poochie says like, so you're done with your foolishness and off the apps and being honest. He says, yep. It's like, Hmm, I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know about that either. And I, it was apparent by the end of their segment that she didn't know the full truth. He was just like, oh, I just went on Tinder accidentally and I uh, made a friend. You know, he just told the same mm-hmm. story to her that he basically told a 90-day uh, tell-all last season. Yeah, that but, he tried to tell, yeah. Yeah, that he tried to tell. But Ashley kind of sets Poochie straight by the end. I mean, they go Christmas tree, farm, shopping, hunting, cutting down, whatever you call it. I don't know. They all cut down a Christmas tree. They string lights. They bitch at each other about that, blah, blah, blah. But it's truly the issue of Poochie kind of learning the truth in the end. That was really the only interesting thing I thought about this entire segment of theirs. I thought it was very interesting that in Jamaica, they do a cardboard cutout of a Christmas tree oh, yeah, and, then they, right. and then prop it against the wall. That's right. I think I probably did the same thing in college, to tell you the truth. I mean, I was like, yeah, I get it. I get it. You do what you have to do. I mean, who's I mean, going to get a Christmas tree in Jamaica? Who's going to get an evergreen? Well, I don't think they're readily available. No. Um, but you didn't think that was weird when they were doing the tree and she was saying, you know, she was being so controlling about the lights. No, and I would have done the same thing. You have to put the lights on right. But she was like, you know, it has to be just right. And I've been doing it. And Poochie's like, she's got experience. But the the tree looked like it was like completely leaning to one side. So I'm like you're not that concerned about it. Your tree is, of course, me, I'm being like a tree snob. I'm like, your tree is all jacked up, leaning to the right. And now you're worried about a hole in your lights. But the sister with the scarf literally up to her eyeballs in the house was the funniest thing I've ever seen. It looked like it looked like she had some sort of like bear around her neck. Oh my God. I loved how freaking cold she was. Cause I was like, that's how I feel every day living here. I do. I can't get used to it. 20 years later, I'm still bitching. So yeah, I, I feel I you, Poochie. <laughs> Poochie's like, it's so cold here. Poochie's like, I'm not used to this. It's not okay with me. Oh, also, I thought it was interesting that they did touch on the green card stuff. He said he really wants his green card. He wants his adjustment of status so he can start sending money home. Because he didn't say, so I can start working to contribute to the householder. So I can start working so I'm busier here and I don't get into trouble. Or so I can, you know, be equal partners with Ashley. He said, so I can start sending money home to my family. I did not catch that. Yep. that, And you know what? That's totally acceptable. It's different culturally all around the world, I know. And it's something we've seen time and again on 90 Day Fiance specifically, where, you know, people, Pedro is an example, who are expected to support family members back home. But I thought it was just very telling that that was the only thing he mentioned in terms of wanting to get his green card approved that because he started wanting to send money back there. I'm like, hmm, interesting. Well, I thought it was interesting. I always thought it was interesting when she told Poochie the whole story about what really happened. Yeah. And she said, you know, I was checking his location and he knows I can check his location. And he said that he was at the barbershop, but he was at somebody's random house. Yes. What the fuck? The barbershop. I need the barbershop to come back in. I need yeah, all we need of those, those guys. guys. Yep. 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 We need them. We need to have like a barbershop bat phone. Like whoop. Like send up the signal. All of those guys need to come on the set. They need to get mic'd up and they need to start telling tales because you know that they know more than what they even said. Yeah. You know, it's not far from here. So if I ever, uh, this summer, if I get bored, I could do some hashtag journalism and just drive on over there. Seriously, head on up there. It's in Harrisburg. Remember, not Mechanicsburg. 
Oh, okay. Maybe yeah. like three, maybe like three hours from here. So it's near, I used to live in downtown Harrisburg off of second street. I lived near, I think where this barbershop is. Uh, I lived in a million houses growing up. And speaking of, I lived in that area when I graduated high school and when I flew home from college and I flew into that damn Harrisburg quote, international airport every <laughs> single time. When they were in there picking up Poochie, I was like, hey, hey. I was picturing me back in the day with the nose ring and the short hair looking real bad coming back from college. I need a photo of you with a super short hair and a nose ring. Um, I will not give you that, but I do have a photo of Colty that I'm still holding in case you ever want to see it. Stop. Don't forget. Stop. <laughs> we, this was going so great. Why did you do that? Okay, should we move on to yeah. Nicole and Nicole? Uh, let's move on to Nicole and Nicole and um, Robbie and the star of the show, Joe. Jesus Christ. And whoever wrote that goddamn email. Yeah. Which yeah. I am was supposing was the camel or someone related to that experience. Oh, it's definitely like a it's definitely like a friend of Azen's over there who grew a conscious, you know. Oh, totally. Or it's just like anyone in the whole world who's seen one episode of the show. <laughs> like it wasn't yeah, I mean, saying one anything. episode. Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't take a whole season to figure out what's going on here. Yeah, I was like, is this supposed to be inside information? Like everyone knows this. He's scamming her. There's no makeup store. She's stupid. Okay, we could have sent that telegram. Yeah, we can all send Joe an email right now. Yeah, in fact, the same thing. Guys, maybe we should. No, we shouldn't bother him. Okay, so Nicole and Nicole. First of all, Nicole has dyed up what she got. Mm -hmm. She has purple hair and she mm -hmm. loves it. She loves it. She loves the way it looks. She loves the way it feels. She just loves how purple it is. She loves it. It's great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, Nicole is trying to get healthy and lose weight, and that's fantastic. And um, But Nicole and May are headed to Robbie's to stay because she doesn't like to stay in one place for too long. I'm like, what are you like a nomad? You're like a, like a, a roaming gypsy. Like you can't stay in one place for too long. Right. What are you, Jason Bourne? You're in dark ops. She's like, I can't stay in one place too long. Somebody will discover me. They're bringing the and flashlights like, over. Whatever. I mean, if you cannot afford a place to live, you cannot go to, to foreign countries. No, exactly. And then Rob Lee's like, she'll spend her last red cent. I'm like, where are her red cents? What are her red cents? Where is she getting this money? We still have questions. I no longer believe that theory about the $880,000. I mean, that was floated out to me. As you guys remember, if you listened to last week's episode, I talked to Jenny McCarthy about it on her show. I'm like, what do you think about this? And she's like, no way. She's like, there's no way a network would ever pay someone on this level of show, especially the talent. <laughs> and I say talent with a small T in many quotation marks. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that kind of money, it's just, it's not... It's not happening for her. It's not like she's faking it and living in these places and at that level of uh, wealth. Now, does she have more money than we see? I think so. Absolutely. I think that's why Azin hangs on. I think she does send him probably thousands. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Totally. I mean, she, she sure doesn't have to pay for a car or rent um, or preschool. I mean, you or know. Or a Swiffer or a mop or <laughs> take any time out of her day to scrape the shit up off the floor, or off the walls. She well, was... is living in pure filth. I mean, when she went over to Robbie's, the only thing I thought was like, 
Oh, God, at least May gets to live here for a few weeks. Like, can't you just leave your daughter here? You can just float around and make all your bad decisions, Nicole, but just let May set up her little room here. I'm sure she already has one designated for her when she comes to Grandma's house, and just let her have a stable life. I mean, the fact that you would have a little daughter like that, a little tiny girl who's not even in kindergarten yet, and think, yeah, we don't like to stay in one place too long. It's like, what is wrong with you? I mean, that's the age-old question that we're never going to solve. I know. Um, I know. I, I mean, keep asking the same question, and I I know it's frustrating because there is no answer. How do you solve a problem like Nicole? <laughs> I will say that um, Rob Lee um, is also a fan of the word art, and um, this is going to be a pattern. And, um, <laughs> and you know, she says, she says, I'm just going to live here until I go back to Morocco. And she says she got most of her money back from her Grenada ticket, which probably means Asin took the part of his money for the Grenada ticket. But she didn't get any money back from the Korea ticket. Yeah, um, none. And so, you know, Patrick, the brother says, you know, if he wanted to marry her, he would have taken those opportunities to get married. And Rob Lee says the pattern so far is every time you set a time and a date, things get pushed off. So I'm just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Captain Obvious and Captain Obvious's child. Yeah, we got it. We got it. All right. So Nicole, this is a quote from Robbie Lee. Nicole will spend her last red cent to get over there and accomplish what she wants to accomplish, which is to get over there, spend time with Asin and get married. And I'm pretty sure this is a huge waste of money. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, the brother, Thomas, he's the genius of the family, even though Rob Lee says many true things. And stepdad Joe was the hero that this family needs this week. Thomas has been calling it since the very beginning, since he was basically like, uh, what, 10 years old and he first appeared on the show. He's always known what's up. He actually said it was it was like so uh, even handed. I had to give it to him. He goes, you know, I don't know that it's going to work out. It seems like as in cancels a fair amount of times. <laughs> well, first of all, first of all, he's correct. He has been uh, talking to Joe, um, but his name is Patrick. Oh, his name is Patrick? Yeah. Wait, I thought it was. Are you sure? It's not Thomas? Uh, no, it's Patrick. Okay, I'm retyping that in my phone for next time. Okay, so Brother Patrick <laughs> is the genius. And well, he's Aaron, hanging out with Joe. He's hanging Aaron out with, Martin he's, he's is not the knowledge. genius. Yeah, he's got <laughs> a solid upbringing from stepdad Joe. Okay, so. Yeah. Nicole, though, obviously does not have anything going on in her brain. She is still defending him. She's still saying her age old argument of like, you guys just don't understand where I'm going to go over there and hopefully get married this time. Blah, blah, blah. And in walks stepdad Joe. Mm, the hero that we don't deserve. Oh, my God. It was amazing. I First of all, he calls as an ass -an. He either called him ass hand or asshole. <laughs> And I was like, did he call him ass hat, asshole? So many choices. So many choices. <laughs> the options are truly <laughs> endless. Yeah. He's like sitting down, crossing his arms, and he's like, Nicole. And he just launches in. He tells her everything that is true and that she needs to hear, but she doesn't take in one single word of it. He's like, you are never going to get married to him. He is conning you. You know, you're going to go over there this time. You're not going to get married this time either. You're going to come back and it's going to be canceled at the last minute again. I mean, he's basically spitting nothing but truth at her. Yeah. He says, I'll predict you'll be back in six weeks and not married. He's right. got a couple of chances to marry you. He backs out each time. And then he tells all about, I think he says more to the camera, but he says that he got this email and that um, people over there just call her names and laugh about her. 
And, you know, you have to imagine that, you know, as a stepfather, that hurts his feelings. And, you know, as he's saying, you know, well, yeah, I told you about that message I got. She she does her typical Nicole because she wasn't expecting this. So she stands up, walks, walks out as she does and says, I will walk away. I'm not talking about stupid messages about people we don't even know online. It's not real. They don't know anything. And then she says, what Joe heard from the message from some guy is probably not true. Right. Uh, probably. And she, and she also says, you can't trust people online, says the chick who is marrying someone she met online. Right. Oh, my God, Nicole. Her hair is purple. Her brain is dead. Her plans are not going to work out. She is just the worst. I mean, the fact that she still continues to embarrass herself like this is just telling us, again, she has no foothold in reality. None. Yeah, I mean, Robin Lee says to Joe, as if she's not standing right there lurking around the corner, and she says, you know, there's going to be an end to it. It will. I mean, they will either get married or they will break up. I mean, there will be an end to it. Joe, again, comes in with the truth and says, it will never end while she's still feeding him money. Exactly. Why hasn't someone said that before? I was like, thank you for finally saying that, because Robin Lee just keeps thinking Nicole's going to get dumped hard enough. I'm like, no. She's like Luann Delisup's right now. She has not hit her bottom. And we don't know what that bottom is going to look like. And I don't want to be here to see it. And especially if it involves May. Mm-hmm. I think she could walk in on him fully doing the deed with another girl and be like, he was tricked. I mean, it's fine. You just don't understand our love. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he has told her you're lazy. You need to lose weight. I am only attracted to you 55%. I mean, he said every direct insult you can possibly say to a woman and she has taken it as if he has handed her diamonds. I mean, she will take anything from him and she will just keep sending him money. That's how desperate she is. I'm like, can't you find a dude in Florida to do this to? Like, you could probably give him 10 bucks and he'd pay attention to you. Why are you going to give all this money to Azan? As I know, whatever. I know. I mean, she could find a guy with the, like, just like a regular everyday job and, you know, li- live your life and he would like you and be nice to you and, and be thrilled to take your money and also have sex with you. Exactly. I mean, you know. Or not have sex with you. I mean, I'm going to give her some really bad advice right now. Not that she's ever going to listen to this podcast. And if she does, then, you know, I guess we should apologize. But anyway, Nicole, here's what you should do. You need to watch WeTV on Friday nights. There's something called Love After Lockup. There's Life After Lockup (laughs) on now. Those people are finding love at a higher rate, with a higher success rate than you and Azin are. I mean, she could become a prison pen pal. She could totally find one of those guys in there to give her all the love and affection she wants. And she'd probably only have to fill up his commissary every month with a few bucks. I mean, it would not cost her nearly what it's costing her. Yeah, she'd have to get a car because she'd have to drive to see him. She'd have to get a car. You're right. Unless she could find someone local. She could like maybe take the bus there. She wouldn't have to take May along. She wouldn't have to fly anywhere. She could go to a local prison. I mean, I'm really, I'm really giving her some great advice here, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is top-notch Nicole advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, I still think she should try to go for another uh, foreigner that does want to move here and harvest the American dollar. I think that would work just as well. Yeah, maybe. Should we go to Andre and Libby next or should we head on over let's, to Pedro and Chantel? Well, let, let, let's go into Pedro and Chantel since we were talking about harvesting the American dollar. Okay, sounds good. So Pedro is goes out to fuck off one more time with his friends. Okay, and, but, but first he says, 
Are you ready? Here comes Pedro. Mm-hmm. Chantel called me to say she come to Dominican Republic. And now my family is real upset with Chantel because I'm going to need to give time to Chantel too. I feel like really I have no control of Chantel because I'm asking her no come and she come. That's embarrassing. Telling my friends that my own wife no one to respect me, the decisions I make. Tonight, I'm going to meet with my friends again at sports bar. And I think that's the last time I'm going to see my friends because Chantel comes tomorrow. So no, let me do nothing with my friends. <laughs> it's a tale as old as time. I yes, wrote out only one line footage, from that. She, when she sees the footage, uh, she will be proven correct. She is going to be so pissed off. What is happening right now in Chantel's world is what I would like to know. I mean, she's posting pictures on Instagram like, look at me. I think she's in Ecuador or something. She was posting pictures of the llama and like some other shit. I'm like, did you not see that girl grinding on your man? Like, are you not in prison or getting arrested for trying to murder him right now? Apparently she, not. She kind of looks like a llama. She kind of does. I know. In a good way. In a good way. Okay. Sure. All right. So the only thing I wrote down was I asking her no come and she come because that's basically, <laughs> that basically summarizes their whole story right now. Yeah. Okay. And he's like, what, what will my friends think? She doesn't respect me. I'm like, what do your friends already think when you let that girl rub her butt all over your wiener? Come on. Oh God. And she is such a plant. She is there just to like stir shit. And she was brought in by the sister to do such a thing. The sister, Nicole. And it's just, I mean, it's apparent. Karina, Karina, she's like at the dinner or at the, when they're out for drinks, she's like, if I was your wife, I would never do that. And blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, shut up, lady. We don't even know who you are. Except that you- I wrote that down too. She's over there going, if I was your wife, I would never never do such a thing. And I, I would love and respect you and your family and your need to go away on an open-ended ticket. That would be fine with me if I was your wife. Right. I would respect your like spit guard and your rocket chair and your video game playing and you're no working and you're sending all your money home and not giving any to me. I mean, come on, girl. Whatever. She is just there to stir the shit and she's doing a good job of it. So I guess good for her. That's what she's, you know, that's what she's being paid for in uh, no dollars, I'm sure. So she and the rest of the entire gang are just beating up on him. They are talking so much shit about it's like drink, 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 yeah. drink, drink some more. Get him some, get loosen him up. Give him some drinks. I was like, oh, my God. And did you see did you watch Pillow Talk at all this week? Um, no, I haven't seen it yet. Okay. It's hilarious when Tarek and Dean are watching that whole portion. They're just like, oh my God, they're out there talking about his woman at this level. I mean, it's true. It's like, this is, this is beyond. Pedro can be right about a lot of things. He could also be wrong about a lot of things, but he is dead wrong for everything he's doing down there without her, including, but not limited to the grinding and allowing everyone around him to just talk trash about Chantel every minute. Yes. And they were like, what are you doing to her in the bedroom? And I'm like, oh, this is so inappropriate. So I, yeah, I wrote down the same thing. Like nobody wants the answer to that. And also, why are they asking? It's it's like they all are getting, uh, maybe they're all harvesting a little bit of the American dollar to be this extra. Because it seems very strange that he would have all these friends this invested in his marriage yeah. to someone who they don't even know. I, I don't know. And, and then, when, all right, we get an artistically shot scene of Chantel getting ready to go to the DR, <laughs> slowly getting her passport with some sassy women empowering music in the background. Oh my God, that was so crazy. Thank you for noticing that. I was like, why are we getting slow-mo of Chantel dragging her suitcase? Like, yeah, again, it's that cameraman that was one time at Russ's house. I'm like, well, who did that camera? Where did that cameraman come from? And then they quickly go back to their, you know, poorly shot footage. Oh, my God. Some poor cameraman from like a Scorsese film who just had to pick up some extra bucks for his heroin habit. They're like, here, shoot this 90 day crap. <laughs> That's horrible. 
<laughs> so it's so funny. So he they, he goes to the airport and he's like, even though I'm disappointed with Chantel for she coming, I want to show her I love her anyways. He has a balloon and flowers. It, it's the saddest greeting and kiss I've ever seen in my life. And he's like, okay, come on, we go. And she says, we better be going to a hotel. <laughs> oh, my God. Shout out to our friend RJ on Twitter who said Pedro didn't even give her a church hug. <laughs> I was like, that is so spot on. He barely gave her a graze of the cheek. Like, OK, we go now. He barely gave her a Duggar side hug. He was just like, yeah. Mm. I mean, you know what, though? Score points for him. Even in he is so angry at her right now and pissed off. And he still bought the flowers and the balloon. Listen up, Colty. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't think she even thought he was coming to the airport for real. I mean, of course, you know, when she saw the camera crew there, she figured it out. But, you know, he goes, we go we go to a resort. We know go to my mom's house. And then he c- continues to explain that he's had the best week of his entire life. And she goes, your whole life? And he goes, yes, my whole life. And she just wistfully gazes out the window. Yeah, he had the best week of his life. And he goes, of my life. And she's like, she just looks at him like, what? And then she just wistfully gazes out the window. I know it's ridiculous. He's just trying to rub it in and he's just trying to be an asshole. But do they really hate each other or are they playing this up for the cameras? What's happening here? Because this is like seriously toxic. Yeah. At another point, he says, like, sometimes I think, you know, we're perfect for each other. And sometimes I think like this is a big mistake. But, you know, he tells her, you know, my mom, know you are here. Come to my house. Say hi to my mother. And she says she's going to go for respect for Pedro. But they immediately they start arguing about it. And she's like, I'm trying to say you won't listen that I will go out of respect for you. But I will show her respect if she'll show me respect. And the word respect is said 400 times. So they go and they flop down on the bed at the I'm doing an air quote resort. Which right. Is not very resort like. And. And all right, Chantel gets her boobs 98% exposed to go in and have a conversation with Pedro's mother. No shit. It was like almost areola, but not quite. I mean, it was real close. Whoa. That, that, that double side tape was working. That was insane. Did you see then Mother Pedro really dressed up too? Lydia like busted out the good dress. I mean, they were both all dressed up in cocktail attire. I'm like, what yeah. is happening here? Yeah, Chantel had on those like like super high stiletto shoes and and then she meets this poor woman is like this is your translator like ah this poor woman okay was the jenny the translator was her hair purple yes it was okay so nicole nicole's hair jenny's Mm -hmm. hair the translator and Uh poochie's lips were all purple don't forget this episode uh, yeah and don't forget about pedro's mother's face is sometimes purple (laughs) also (laughs) so was her dress her dress was purple, too. There's yeah. a conspiracy. Okay. Somebody must have been like, you know what? Purple looks really good on these cameras. <laughs> it's the same heroin addict Scorsese uh, cast we, off. We have a new filter we're trying to try that only works on purple. So, yeah. So, they sit down and the poor translators over there are like, what the fuck? How much am I getting paid for this? And so, the mother, you know, immediately wants to talk about um, what happened in the U.S. And, you know, Chantel says correctly, Pedro put his finger in, you know, his mother's face. But, you know, Chantel says, you know, we can disagree and I won't flip your table over, honey. I know. Could you believe she said that? I don't think the translator translated that last part. I don't think she got the honey part. Mm-mm. Uh, and Pedro says she put more fire on the problem. Um, mom said she's going to. Now, this is what I didn't quite realize. Mom was uh, quite a gangster. 
But mom says, I will no longer allow any more disrespect. And if I was there, I would beat all of them up. First the sister, then the mother, then the brother. I'm like, what did Sister Chantel do? She was just sitting there. <laughs> what did Winter do? She had a whole order. She had a beat up order. She was like, she, had, she had thought about it. She yeah. had really, she had a whole plan. She had a Pacific plan in mind. And you know what? I would doubt it. I would doubt that she'd do everything she just said she would do. When she said that, though, I was like, what is happening? Again, are we to believe that this is true? Because these people can never be married if it is. Family Chantel hates Pedro. Family Pedro hates Chantel. And now they basically hate each other. So, like, this whole spinoff of the family Chantel, is it just going to be like an all-out brawl? <laughs> it's going to be people, like, putting Vaseline on their... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> taking out their hoops. And Jenny, then, the yeah. translator, cowering in the corner. Yeah, she's like, she said, put down the weapon. <laughs> um, and then, but you know, Chantel says, look, Pedro and Nicole are not innocent and neither is my family. You know, she's trying to say, but she's doing that smirk and that honey. And, you know, and it's, yeah. it's one half trying to, you know, work it out and one half trying to be an asshole. And, you know, she just tells Pedro, she says, go get your clothes because you're going with me to the hotel. And he just hangs his head. He says, I came here to spend time with you, but she is my wife. So I will go to a hotel and spend time with her. And then he says to the camera, I need to be husband before the son. And I applaud Pedro. I do too. He, yep. Colty could learn a thing or two from Pedro in this moment. Because even if Pedro is disagreeing with his wife, he sides with her over his mom. That's what yep. you need to do if you want to stay married. That is what you need to do, friends. Yeah, I, I really was very surprised that he did that after he's been all like whooping it up and dancing around and, you know, pelvic thrusting when he sees his friends. And, Put the problems in the drink. Yeah, yeah, drink, drink, and all that bullshit. Yeah. I, I, I was very surprised that he didn't tell Chantel, I know till you come here, you go to a resort. Yeah, I was. I'm really glad that he made that decision. I don't know that it's going to save them. Next week, we see Chantel and Nicole face off. And then Chantel leaves in tears. And she's like, this is not fair. And she's wearing yet another super tight, boobalicious outfit. So we can look forward to that. And uh, I don't know how this is going to end. I mean, it's going to end with probably Pedro and Chantel both flying back to the US for their upcoming spinoff. However, somebody's going to get tased. I mean, we've seen Chekhov's taser. <laughs> When is somebody going to get tased? I'm waiting for it. Is it going to be the baby that we were never introduced to? Oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> Tasing a baby. You have gone too far. You have gone too far. Oh, oh my boys. God. Someone else who went really way too far this week was your friend and not mine. Today, <laughs> who has officially crossed the motherfucking line. Okay. He opens with a line that we should all keep in mind while we're having this conversation. And he says, it kind of sucks when your wife stabs you in the back. It's not a good feeling. Right. Which I screenshotted and made sure to keep on my phone because that clip will be played no less than seven times on the forthcoming episode of Dateline where we tried to discover how, when, and where, and why Libby was murdered. I'm telling you... <sighs> He is the angriest motherfucker. I know he has a lot of reasons to be angry. I'm not saying that he doesn't. He has very valid reasons to be angry. But my God, this guy needs to calm down. Okay. 
I would like to read uh, what I wrote here. Okay. And he, he goes to meet with Chuck. He wants to make things straight with Chuck. It's very awkward. He's sitting. It appears that he's in a uh, Michelle Collins 90 Day Fiance chair. He's in the world's tiniest chair, yes, it appears. And the world's tiniest shirt. But pause. He does not want to go make things right with Chuck. He does not want to talk to Chuck. He is going because he's being forced to. That's that's correct. Okay. And so, so I wrote, I needed many moments to soak this in. I didn't really write anything down. I just 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 zoned in and listened to what they were saying. Okay. Mm-hmm. They both made very valid points. Now, Andre and his accent and his way of speaking comes across very harsh, but I think he was just trying to say it's very messy to bis- to mix business and family. And he did not say it the way that he should have. That would have been respectful to the Chuck. That's his new name, by the way, the Chuck, the Chuck, but his point is valid. He doesn't want Chuck as his boss because he's family and that can get complicated. And Chuck is just trying to directly tell him, like, my daughter said I should offer you a job and you can come and work for me. Look, you, I need a job done. You can do it. It's a good marriage. You'll get a paycheck. And he says no. Then he says he really wants Libby to get out from under her father's thumb. And Chuck says, Andre, again, Chuck with the truth. Andre doesn't know the American way of getting financially secure. And, you know, what we're not saying is that Andre can afford this luxury of waiting to find a perfect Craigslist job because he gets paid by the show. So that's what we're not saying. Okay, so everybody keep that in mind. He gets paid barely anything by the show. And in fact, he might not get paid anything until his adjustment of status is solidified. Well, I guess it would be already, though. He's in that boat where he can get a job. Okay, so maybe he does get paid now because I know that the foreigners, before they get a green card, don't get paid anything. Now, in Nicole's case, we know that she gives all of her money to as in any way. So it doesn't matter. But okay, Mary Payne, can I offer you some feedback? Uh, Please, I'd love to hear it. (laughs) Okay. Jennifer on our Facebook page uh, was mentioning Wine Country, you guys, on Netflix. Have you seen that movie with Tina Fey and Amy Poehler and Maya Rudolph and everyone? The movie for me was like kind of so-so, but there was a funny line in it where it was like, can I offer you some feedback or may I offer you some feedback as a therapy term? And it was suggested to Mary Payne and I that we use this (laughs) to converse on non-rage-fueled terms to each other when we're talking about Andre. So... I'm going to offer you some feedback. I agree that Andre's accent totally makes him sound like Frankenstein, Dracula, et cetera. It makes him sound crazier, but it's not just his accent. It's his demeanor and it is the content of his words. And we have to recognize one thing too. Chuck is not Mother Debbie driving Larissa crazy because she, you know, she wants control. She wants her house to be her way. She's depending upon her son. Chuck is giving everyone a job here. Chuck is the only reason this baby is going to have food. Chuck is the only reason Andre has somewhere to live and still does because Mm -hmm. he provided him a rent-free home to begin with. And then he funded Libby with the money to pay for the deposit on the new place. Andre does jack shit. He doesn't add on Craigslist, allegedly. He does nothing else. And he's got a lot of attitude for somebody with absolutely zero going on, especially in front of his father-in-law. I can agree with that. (laughs) I can agree with that. But I think that what we'll find in the next scene is the root of all of these issues. I think the next scene, the next two scenes are a perfect representation of what Libby has done. So if we go back to when they were first engaged and she brings him over and she literally tells her family every single detail about every single thing. And 
that gets them too involved. I have two sisters. I can certainly understand how that happens sometimes. And at some point in your life, you have to be an adult and be with your spouse and not tell your sisters every single thing. Right. Because guess what? When then everything is going well, your sister still hates your husband. It's just like in high school. Like never, never break up with your boyfriend and tell your friends everything you did wrong and get back together with him two days later because now your friends don't support you. Exactly. And we as women at this age, we know that already because we did learn it in high school. Libby has still not learned that. Yeah. So there, she goes over to Sister Spray Tan's house, Jen, and Megan is there, her friend, and they're going to do the registry. And that's great. She needs help. You need help of somebody that's had a baby before to do a registry. This is all fine. And then she says, her friend says, okay, well, we should register for the big things, right? Like, so you're going to register for a crib. And she goes, no, I don't think we're going to get a crib. And they're like, uh, say what? The baby has to play, have a place to sleep. And she goes, I mean, we're probably not going to stay there that long. And Sister Spray Tan says, uh, you just moved in. You're going to break your lease? And she goes, I don't know. And sister's like, you know, a house costs more. And, you know, Andre's not doing trucking. And then side note, he only took one trip. And, you know, why would you do that? And she's like, I don't know. I mean, I mean that's just what we're going to do because we don't want to raise the baby in an apartment. Yeah, that was some bullshit. I was like, what is wrong with this chick? We don't want to raise the baby in an apartment. I mean, the baby doesn't come out needing a yard to kick a ball in. No. I mean, you got a couple of years. And the sister is just looking at her like, you are a moron. Like, what is wrong with you? So, of course, the sister is frustrated with her because she's like, okay, dad gave you this money for this new apartment. Now you're just going to break. I mean, you're a brat. I mean, you're just a brat and you're spoiled and you're a brat. So then she's right. She said, yeah, she's right. And then, you know, she's like, and Libby says, like, I feel like maybe I definitely share too many things that Andre does wrong. And Megan says, look, you know, we just want to be close to him and we're welcoming. And sister spray tan's like, yeah. Everybody loves us. <laughs> Everybody loves our family. Nobody has any problems with our family except for Andre. Yeah. And Libby says, look, you just need to let us figure it out. And you just need to butt out. And then Sister Spray Santas, well, you're just going to go back to dad for money. And exactly. Uh, and Libby's like, well, that's none of your business. So then like Nicole, she does a full flounce. She gets all mad. She leaves because she doesn't want to hear what they have to say. And I see more word art alert on the way right out the door. So herein lies the problem. She has gone over to the sisters and bitched about Andre and how he, you know, only did one job in trucking and didn't. Now he's looking for a job. So she bitches about that. Then she gets in the car and tells Andre every single word that her sister has just said. And she's like, oh, now they're texting me because they're all mad because I left. And he's like, well, just don't text him back. And that's when she's like, what am I supposed to do? Oh, my God. And then they said this. And why would they just put out of our lives? And we can we can make our own way. And so she's completely amping him up, getting him all mad because she wants him 100 percent on her side to feel better about her shitty decisions and right. the fight she just got in with her sister. I agree with all of this. I agree with all of it. OK, yes. so she's so she's spun up like a top and she's, you know, his his wife. And so, of course, he's getting very upset because he's like, fuck those people. Why are they making you so upset? We're having a baby, you know, just fuck them and quit talking to them. But because she's playing both sides of the fence equally, she's texting them. And he's like, quit texting them. Like, we are talking. Quit texting them. They're both acting like toddlers. Both of them. She, it, equally. He's equally as a fault. Mary then, Payne, don't even say, don't even. Mm, okay. Then she says, she says, just be here for me to listen and let me vent. And you're so rude. And he had grabbed her phone. And she says, don't you ever grab my phone or anything out of my hand ever again. And then she said, you know, she says, this child's going to be born into a crazy environment. And I wrote, no shit, this crazy environment you have caused. Now, when he grabbed her phone, 
you saw her reaction. You give it back, blah, blah. So she can give as good as she gets. It is, it is, this is not like Andre is a monster lording over her and she's cowering. They're both assholes. Stand up. I gotta, I gotta stand up. I gotta stand up. I gotta walk away. I'm walking away. Okay, I'm walking back. I'm walking back. I'm walking back. I'm walking back. Okay, I'm back. He should not have grabbed the phone like that. 100, he is 120% wrong. 120% wrong. He should not have done that. But, she also is not like she was sitting there nicely and calmly and, and, and was talking about the weather and then he just grabbed it. She was spinning him up like a crazy person and knowing he's a crazy person and she's a crazy person. I am not saying anyone deserves to have their phone grabbed out of their hand, but he did not punch her in the face. He grabbed her phone to say like, listen to what you're saying. Listen to what you're saying. He, but he didn't punch her in the face. Well, no, nobody should punch her. Get out of here. I know. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. It sounds crazy, but I'm just saying we have to see the the side of it. it the side of it is he should not have done that 100%. She shouldn't have got in the car screaming like a banshee either. He is 100% wrong for that. I am not making any excuses for the phone grab. Okay. I'm just, I'm just 100% not. He should never have done that. And she made it very clear, like, I will fuck you up. Like, you know what I mean? I am pregnant, but I will get out of this car and beat you down. She is pregnant. Seriously. He's like, stop texting them. Stop texting them. I mean, he is so scary when he gets angry. Of course, she's screaming and whatever. I mean, my God, people could scream at each other. They could do whatever. They could be like, stop texting. Da, da, da. Him grabbing the phone out of her hands. Mm, girl. No. Hey, it's just it was, a no. It's just a no. It, it is a no. We can agree. We can agree that it's a no. But I think that all the stuff leading up to that made him angry enough to take that action that he 100% should not have taken. <laughs> You're like such a circle. You're like, everything that happened made him take that action that he shouldn't have taken. <laughs> he shouldn't have taken it. He should not have done it. But I can see why he did because he was so frustrated with her and her evil stepsisters. He is full of such bullshit, though. I mean, he is bullshit. He, he talks is. about how everyone he else is. is bullshit. He is like, you shouldn't talk to them. You shouldn't have anything to do with them. You should only be loyal to me. It's like, who do you think is funding your entire life and the baby that you guys didn't plan for and that you still have no plan of supporting? I'm sorry if Andre didn't want to go into trucking because he didn't want to be away for a couple of days, but fuck him. Plenty of guys have to do that. Plenty of regular people out there have to do that, let alone someone who has no way of supporting himself in other ways. Like, I am so pissed at Andre. He is delusional. He can do all of this bullshit about, like, your family's too invested in our lives, your family this, your family that. Her family, however messy they are, is the only reason he can buy that tiny little polo and those Costco jeans that he walks around in a huffin'. <laughs> I fucking hate this dude. Well, you know what? That's why we are a great team. <laughs> because we can agree on things and we can disagree on things. Do you think we we'll... can we can uh, we can agree that he should have never grabbed that phone in no, that man. Period. We can also agree that Libby is a monster. She is. She is. Okay. But she's pregnant. And she deserves to go crazy whenever she wants to. And so does he. So does he. He can yell, scream, whatever. But that was completely crossing the line. When you watch Pillow Talk, you will see everyone's reaction is pure horror. 
when that oh, moment I'm sure. Happens. I'm sure. I cannot wait to see how many times Dean slaps himself in the head with his washcloth. Oh, my God. It's not, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's in a full sweat. Dean's in a full sweat, pat- patting himself down. Annie's like, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. And Lauren and Alexi, Alexi's even like, that is too far. <laughs> <laughs> Alexi, who made, makes zero comments other than pass me the wine. This drink is good. <laughs> he even knows that that is a bridge too far. Oh, my God. Andre will never tear us apart, no matter how much we no. disagree about mm-hmm. Andre. If we were to ever meet Andre and Libby, I wonder what it would be like. I mean, that even would not tear us apart, I know. But it would be a very interesting circumstance if, Mary Payne, you and I were in the same room as Andre and Libby. Would we just take our, our person in our corner and talk to them? I would take Libby and you would take Andre and we would try to give them some feedback. No, I would take neither. They're both horrible. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not team Andre against Libby. I, I'm I, No, I no. I do not want to be in the corner with him. No. Okay. I'd like to be in the corner with both of them. I'd like to explain what's exactly going down here. Well, don't bring your phone. Don't bring your motherfucking phone. Because you might get grabbed. (laughs) As the youngest of three sisters. Is that what you were going to say? Yeah. As the youngest of three sisters, I can relate to this situation in, in many, many ways. In the many ways of going to your dad for the money and all that. You know, yeah. But, you know. If, you, if you're going to make your own way and you're going to claim you're going to make your own way, then go make your own way and show that you can do it. Yeah. You know, Mary Payne, there's a difference between opportunity and pride. And mm-hmm. I think your pride is preventing you from wanting to kill Andre as much as I do. No, that's, that might be a fair point. <laughs> All right. Tell people what is coming up on Pain in the Pod this week. The 12th. I have not skinny, but not fat. Cool. Okay, yes. So she's hilarious, and I loved talking to her. She's great. She's great. And then I also have on the 19th, Gone Cold, which is a true crime podcast of cold cases out of Texas. And then on the 26th, and I will be promoting this a lot because I have completely become obsessed with this podcast, Trashy Divorces. It's great. Oh, my it's great. God. I have it's a great. friend who is so into that. I know you interviewed them once before, didn't you? No, I have not interviewed them before. Okay, um, like mistaken. you and I, but you and I may have talked we when talked. I said I'm about to interview them. Yeah, and then they, um, they were just great, and they, I, I immediately joined their Patreon. Like I'm a huge fan, and so that's coming up. So that's what's that's what's happening in June. Exciting, and everybody can follow you at Pain in the Pod on all platforms. Don't forget, yes. guys, and yes. of course, go over to Patreon.com/slash HeyBunky if you want bonus recaps. We do not fight as much about 90 Day Fiance the other way, but that doesn't mean that we won't. It's early. It's early. <laughs> we got fucking 18 episodes in our future. So we have a lot of time. Life After Lockup is coming up. We're going to be covering that next week on the regular Pink Shade podcast. Oh, Lord. Smothered. We have watched it. We will be talking about it on Hey Bunky Patreon. That is another one. Yeah, I got a lot to say about that. Yep, yep, yep. We are saving up our notes for that. And then there's Kate plus Date that we're going to check out. We're going to see if it's worth talking about or not. She's so fucking annoying. I don't know. But you know what? Sometimes that can make for good five minutes of content. Who knows? And remember, you can request content if you join Nicole's makeup store level on patreon.com slash heybunky. You can follow me at Erin Leah Martin on Twitter and Instagram. You can come over and join the Pink Shade with Erin Martin Facebook page. And I'm on the Jenny McCarthy Show every Friday doing Real Housewives Roundup. We do 90 Day Fiance recaps and we do Love After Lockup slash Life After Lockup recaps. Recaps. 
recaps, (laughs) recaps, Sirius XM stars channel 109. And uh, just as a reminder too, since I'm just getting back into it, tasteofreality.com is where I'm posting my written recap of 90 Day Fiance the other way every Tuesday morning. So go to tasteofreality.com. If you click on buzz, then you will find my recap on Tuesday mornings. It will be there for you waiting like a hot steaming pile of poo. Okay. Ew. Yay. Gross. <laughs> One last gross out. Oh, oh, Mary Payne, my goddess, Clint and Tracy are coming back into our lives. I can hardly wait to talk about them with you. I, I cannot. They had that like preview like show where they had them like talking over watching scenes and stuff, whatever that was called. Yeah. Tracy, man, ah, that was—I mean, that was flat out scary. Yeah, she looked, she looked horrible. Yeah, yeah, she is looking real rough, and I can't wait until she's back on my screen. Same. All right, girl, I will talk to you soon. Bye. 